It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Reds Podcast. I'm your host, your cheap seat crony, your bench jockey with a beer. My name is Jeff Carr, bringing you the Reds every day. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the show this Monday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. You've reached the only daily podcast for your Cincinnati Reds. On today's show, we're going to talk about Michael Lorenzen. He's got a busy day ahead of him today here on this Monday. And also, we're going to look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, a team I did not get to last week. And we're going to take a high-level overview of them and their 2019 uh you know, what they're looking for this year. So before we get to that, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Also check us out on social media at Locked On Reds and at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And also look us up on our website at LockedOnReds.com where we've got all sorts of new content from our team of writers. Dave Pemberton has an article up currently about what he thinks the lineup's going to look like. Definitely check that out and more on LockedOnReds.com. So let's jump right into it. Today, Michael Lorenzen is slated for a relief appearance probably around the fifth inning, according to an article on Reds.com. And then he will then stay in the game and play center field defensively and also look to at least get one at bat later on in the game. Now, this is a big thing because as a fan... Watching Michael Lorenzen, you can tell he's got the athleticism to do more than just pitch. I mean, he showed his hitting ability last year with the grand slams and the homers and just general goodness at bat as a pinch hitter. And he was actually in college a center fielder coming out of Cal State Fullerton. He was a center fielder and a relief pitcher for Cal State Fullerton before being drafted. And really, a, a lot of teams were even looking to draft him as a center fielder and not so much as a pitcher. And when the Reds got him, they put him in as a starter. And, the, you know, the rest was history there. He stopped playing center field. So David Bell is interested in his two-way ability. Now, what does that mean for Michael Lorenzen this season? I don't think we can expect to see let's, – let's put it this way. I don't think – there's going to be more than 20 games. If you put the over-under at 19.5 for games that we see Michael Lorenzen in the outfield, and I'm not talking starting, I'm talking just period. Like Maybe he's a defensive replacement after a relief appearance in the seventh inning or something like that. I would take the under on that very easily. Um, I, I don't, I, probably around 10 Maybe not even that. I don't don't know. I think this is more of just a spring training thing, kind of let him get out there and play. He's very excited. You know, whenever they asked him, he said so much. He said he can't wait for it, said he's really been looking forward to it all spring training because he had heard that it was a possibility. And David Bell is just leaving no stone unturned. I appreciate his approach to spring training in that regard, making sure that, 
you know, not only him, but Scott Shedler's gotten a decent amount of time in center field, Nixon Zell, guys like that. I don't think that we're looking at a whole lot of time spent in the outfield during the regular season by Michael Lorenzen. Now, could it be something that maybe in a extra innings game or something we might see him? Sure, but I think big picture-wise, this will just be one of those things to watch during spring training, probably on the same level, and, and this sounds harsh, it's not not quite the same level, but it's close to the same level of that whole thing where Will Farrell played for you know, nine different teams and played nine different positions all in one day. It's kind of fun, you know. It'll be fun to see Michael Lorenzen pitch and then stay in the game in center field. That's what they do in college, so it's not as if he's never done it before. But I think overall, I don't – I'm not going to get too crazy about thinking that Michael Lorenzen be, can become like a two-way player. I don't see him being a Shohei Otani type. I think the Reds will – keep his main focus on the bullpen and, you know, a pinch hit appearance here or there. And then there's another thing, too. This is something that I thought of as, you know, I was listening to the broadcast yesterday and them gushing about the Reds' options. I mean, think about the roster. The roster is just deep. There are guys on this team that show that they were pretty decent backups like Alex Blandino, who even if they were healthy in Blandino's case, he's not healthy. He's going to start the year on the DL, I think. But even if they were healthy, he's probably looking at starting the year in AAA because the bench is pretty set with the guys that we have. And because of that, I think where a fan might say, they want to see Michael Lorenzen a lot more as a pinch hitter after what he did last season, I think we might see him less. Just get ready right now because think of the guys that they got coming off that bench. First dude off the bench pinch hitting, supposing he's not starting out in the field, is going to be Matt Kemp. And then you've got Scott Shebler. And then you've got Derek Dietrich. All of those guys have the ability off of the bench to hit around 280, 290, and with, you know, some pop and they've got the ability to drive in runs when you need them to. I think last year it was a case of they weren't as deep as they are this season. And that's why Michael Lorenzen got the chances that he did. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to forget about him entirely and not have him pinch hit at all. But I don't see him being the first, second, or even third guy off of the bench if he hasn't already pitched in the game. Now, it does give them flexibility, as always, that if they bring him in on relief in the 7th or 8th or whatever they bring him in as, he can stay in and hit for himself if they need to you know, rest their bench or they've already gotten into a couple of guys or something like that, which that is a huge asset to a manager that he can have that in his back pocket. But I don't see Michael Lorenzen's impact being as big as everyone's thinking it's going to be. I think he's going to make the most of the chances that he gets at bat this season, but I'm not seeing, you know, 120 at bats or whatever for Michael Lorenzen in 2019. Just give me, you know, check out the spring training game today with him doing the two-way thing, but Don't go crazy thinking that that's going to be something he does a lot in 2019. Just wanted to pump the brakes for you there, but not to be a Debbie Downer on that. I still think it's going to be cool. I'm definitely going to be checking it out. You should too. We're going to take a quick break here on the show. 
for an ad or two, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2019. You're listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. We're back here on the Monday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. Just a reminder that you can activate the Locked On Reds podcast via your smart device in your car. Just, you know, say, hey, smart device, insert name here, play podcast Locked On Reds, and it'll pull it right up, and you don't even have to do any work there. See? Technology. So, let's take a look at the 2019 Pittsburgh Pirates. Last season... They finished fourth in the division, a pretty decent year. You know, I mean, they weren't in playoff contention there at the end. They kind of, you know, jutted about throughout the season looking at possibly making some noise. But in the end, I mean, obviously they didn't make their finishing in fourth. But when it comes to this season, they didn't make a ton of moves because I feel like Their front office likes the young nucleus that they have. They're at the deadline last season, if you remember. They made that big trade with Tampa Bay to bring in Chris Archer. So he will be their staff ace this season. He'll be a big barometer, a big determining factor in how the Pirates season goes. As Archer goes, so will that pitching staff. They still have Jamison Tyon, who had a pretty decent 2018. They've also got Jordan Lyles and Trevor Williams and a couple guys there that's going to round out the starting five. And the bullpen will be anchored by their closer, Felipe Vasquez, once again. Assuming that you know he comes out of spring training healthy and all that good stuff. So they've got a very solid pitching staff. It's nothing that you're going to really mark on the schedule and say, boy, the the bats are really going to have to step up. But it's also not someone you can take for granted, which I feel like is how you can describe the Pittsburgh Pirates. As a team, you're not going to, you know, it's, it's, it's not like you're going into a game with the Pirates and you're thinking of it as a dog fight. But I think that's what the series, the season series of the Reds is going to be with the Pirates. I think... You can almost see both teams splitting the season series as, you know, maybe a home and home and all this other stuff where one team dominates in their own park and then vice versa. Because you look at the lineup, they've got a very solid lineup from top to bottom. They've got the young Josh Bell as he continues to figure it out there. A great power hitter. He's going to have to improve with the contact, but I really – Enjoyed getting to watch him play for the Pirates last season. And, of course, they still have the outfield that's anchored by Starling Marte and Gregory Polanco. Those guys, especially Polanco, had a pretty decent 2018. And we'll see how they continue that with this season. I think overall, the Pirates, I mean, they fit into the NL Central in 2019 just like every other team. I feel like there's a couple that you can just about peg at the top. And really the Pirates are a team that you can peg down at the bottom. But that's not saying that they're going to be bad. I mean, I can almost see a scenario where the NL Central, the difference between first and last is like eight or nine games. And that's going to be a phenomenal season. It's just going to be interesting to watch this year. And especially with the Pirates, just to see how they go. I mean, obviously right out of the gate, 
Reds fans are going to get to watch them as he, they are in town for the very first series of the season, and they are the opening day opponent. I definitely think that while we will still continue to speculate as to who the Reds starter will be on March 28th, assuming health, it's going to be Chris Archer for the Pittsburgh Pirates. You can mark that down right now. He's their probable starter for opening day. I'd be completely shocked, like I said, given health, if it's someone else. It's He's definitely their staff ace moving forward for the foreseeable future. So I, I'll be interested to see. I think they are the measuring stick for the Reds. While, while, we, while we like to be optimistic for this 2019 season, I'm not saying this is a playoff or bust season. This is definitely a year where we want to see the Reds take a big step. But in realistic terms... I think we as fans need to set our expectation for the Reds and our barometer for the Reds is how they compare to the Pirates. And I think it's favorable, at least on paper. I think the Reds have a better team than the Pirates. But I think it's going to be a very close race between both teams in 2019. And now a few news and notes to wrap us up here on this Monday. To catch you up on the weekend, it was an exciting weekend for some injury news as both Sonny Gray and David Hernandez made their spring training debuts out in Goodyear, Arizona. Sonny Gray had a nice two-inning outing in which he struck out three, and David Hernandez pitched a scoreless inning on Sunday, striking out a few. I also got the chance, I, I was watching the game a little bit on Sunday. It was nice to see Tanner Rourke had a nice start against the D-backs as, you know, he struck out Arizona, struck out the side in the first inning. And uh, it was I thought he looked real solid. He looks like he's getting ready for the season. I've got a lot of high expectations for him. And then just a nice little thing to wrap us up. I saw that they have announced opening day ceremonies for the 28th. They're going to have Eric Davis throw out the first pitch. And catching the first pitch will be Johnny Bench, who also gets the honor of riding on the float with Rob Manfred in the opening day parade. As Rob Manfred, as you probably know by now, is the Grand Marshal for the parade. And then also Joe Morgan will serve as the honorary captain for the game. And Bronson Arroyo will deliver the official game ball. So there's lots of former Reds coming back to you know, celebrate the festivities of opening day. It's going to be a big one. I mean, 150 years, and and I, I'll have a much more heartfelt speech closer to opening day talking about it. I usually do in some regard. I either write a blog post or something like that, but definitely this year I'll have it on the podcast. But it's it's going to be a very special day as we kick off a season full of expectations for our favorite team, the Cincinnati Reds. That's going to wrap us up here on this Monday edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. It's the best way to get each and every episode every day as it will automatically download on your preferred app. My name is Jeff Carr, and we're going to talk to you. I'll recap Michael Lorenzen's game. And we'll talk some more about the roster on Tuesday. This is the Locked on Reds podcast, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.